Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. Why do we think that we need to be fair to um, while we are actually recommending items or um, basically like allocating certain resources? Because recommendation of the items is actually a certain way of allocating limited resources. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. I am Ashmi Banerjee, a PhD candidate at the Technical University of Munich, specializing in recommended systems research. Today, we will explore the topic of fairness and biases in recommended systems. First, we will start by understanding how these systems work, and then we will look into identifying the different stakeholders that are involved in this whole recommendation process and the challenges and the importance of fairness. But we will also afterwards delve into the more effective bias mitigation strategies. So join me as we navigate the fascinating world of recommended systems, aiming to promote fairness and inclusivity in this ever evolving technological landscape. Let's get started. So when we talk about recommended systems, I'm pretty sure that all of you have used it in some form or the other with or without knowing what it is about. So for example, I'm sure that today's in today's era, you have come across systems that help you uh, buy products, for example, Amazon or eBay, or even in the um, social networks, which recommend you for uh, the newsfeed or the friend recommendations, um, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Um, so these are all different forms of recommended systems from travel to e-commerce to, um, you know, movie recommendations such as Netflix or Spotify, like for music or YouTube for both. Everywhere it's a recommended system. Which, so what is a recommended system? A recommended system is something that basically provides personalized suggestions to the users. They use a variety of criteria such as past purchases, search history, demographics, etc., to recommend a variety of items to the users. The one of the most important uses of recommended system is to minimize information overload. Often the users uh, on the web are presented with numerous choices and they really don't know which one to choose from. And that's exactly where these recommender systems come into play. They take into consideration all the data that they have about the users and their preferences and try to recommend things that the user might like. However, these recommender systems are kind of a multi-stakeholder environment which encompasses different stakeholders. So, a stakeholder in case of recommended systems is any group or individuals which are affected by or they can um, affect the delivery of recommendations. 
In a conventional recommended system scenario, there are typically three major stakeholder classes, the consumers, the item providers, and the platforms. Now, let's try to understand this with the help of an example. Um, let us consider the use case of hotel booking. So as a user, let's assume that you would like to book a hotel on one of the very popular websites such as booking.com. Or it can also be, say, Airbnb, for example. I mean, you choose. In that case, this user becomes the consumer because they are consuming the item. And the item in this case is the hotel or the accommodation that the user is looking for. Quite obviously, the platform or the website where the user is looking for the recommendations become the platform. In the whole process of recommendation, each stakeholder has a vested interest in this process of recommendation. The travelers, for example, they want to find hotels that match their preferences. The hotels want fair exposure to attract their guests. And booking platforms, they also would like to maximize the commission that they receive from these hotels and to maintain like long-term relationships with both the users as well as the hotel providers. And these stakeholders, they all depend on each other for their economic well-being and therefore this whole booking platform must consider the needs of all stakeholders when recommending the generations, which makes this whole recommendation process a very complicated process. Therefore, the goal of the recommender system should be to consider the needs of all the stakeholders that are involved in this process. That's actually the ideal scenario. But what happens in reality? Let's have a look. In reality, the recommended systems applications have often been responsible for sparking different controversies. For example, some years ago, Amazon had an automated tool to screen applicants for its job interviews. However, after some time, they realized that they were getting fewer female candidates uh, compared to their male ones. An investigation revealed that the automated screening model was biased against women as it was trained on historical data. This historical data was heavily dominated by male applicants owing to the fewer number of uh, women in tech, which is exactly the reason why we have organizations like Women Who Code, um, which are working towards empowering more women in tech. And uh, even though they, Amazon um, took immediate action to mitigate all these things, like so that there is no more bias, these, um, these scenarios are still very, very common in real world. Another example uh, is of the Facebook's ad delivery algorithm, um, where research shows that it is um, very discriminatory in nature. So for example, if you would include a picture of a woman versus a picture of a man, in general, it will go um, more to, um, it was discriminatory towards women on the basis of race, gender, and age um, on the photos. 
Similarly, like other platforms such as YouTube or Spotify have often been accused of prioritizing specific playlists or artists over others, um, which lead often lead to a disparity in the exposure and popularity these are received by the items. This brings us to the following question. What causes this behavior? The causes for such a biased treatment of specific stakeholders can be attributed to several reasons. One of them could be like statistical or data bias. So if your data is biased, for example, in the case of Amazon, we saw that it was trained on a data set where they had very few female applicants or female data. Therefore, um, the, the model, when it was trained on the, such a data, it learned the, um, it learned that to be discriminatory towards women. And this is a very, very common uh, scenario. And these recommended systems are trained on such a data, which is in some way biased towards one or several stakeholder groups. And then the, these systems learn the patterns and try to propagate them. Other options or other causes could be, for example, cultural bias, so um, which are, say, interpretations and judgments um, which are acquired throughout our life, for example, some racial or gender or sexual or other um, biases that we may have, and then it transmits through the um, through us into the data and then finally we and gets reflected in the system. There can also be cognitive biases, for example, systemic uh, pattern or deviation from the norm or rationality in judgment, and also confirmation bias, which um, is the tendency to favor information that supports one's existing beliefs. So these are like some of the biases that are very, very common in um, machine learning or information retrieval scenarios. However, when it comes to specifically recommended systems, we have two more such biases, which are um, additionally relevant in this case. One of them is popularity bias, where the popular items are repeatedly recommended, creating a self-reinforcing cycle of popularity so for example, uh, earlier I mentioned this case of Spotify or YouTube where certain um, tracks or certain items are being recommended more often the, than the other items. And that may lead to like some items receiving more popularity than the others. So this limits the diversity of the recommendations and also restricts the user's exposure to a new or niche content. So the user is often like very limited to uh, what they are getting in terms of recommendations. So um, we did some research um, and then our research showed, um, so we did some research based on the data sets from Yelp. And our re research shows that uh, the top rated restaurants of Yelp, um, they get way more exposure irrespective of their ratings than the ones that are not so well rated. 
So the less popular restaurants located further away from the popular areas of a city, they receive way less exposure, even if they are like very good quality in terms of the ratings. Similarly, another popular, popular um, bias that exists in a recommended system is called ranking bias or position bias. Recommended systems generate a ranked list of results. So when the user interacts with the items in this ranked list, it is often seen that the user only interacts with the top items of the list and not the ones that are located at the bottom of the list. For example, how many of you would go and check out the items on the second page of your Google search? Yeah, situations like this often results in position bias, where the user's attention is only concentrated on the pop popular items. So less exposure is received by the items that are ranked lower in the list. We also did some research using the Tribaco dataset and we uh, that was uh, made pub public in the during the ACM Rexis challenge of 2019 and it showed that uh, the people tend to click on items at the top of the list much more often than the ones that are located uh, below in the list. And this actually confirmed the existence of position bias also on these platforms. So we talked a little bit about the reasons why the platforms behave in a way that they ideally should not. But now it brings us to the next part that what could be done to fix these problems. So an easy way to fix these problems is, be, is by being fair to all these stakeholders, which leads us to our next question. How do we define fairness? So fairness concerns actually how the outcomes are assigned to a particular group of individuals. And it is often a political construct where someone decides to avoid direct or indirect harm to people. However, the challenge is that there exists a multitude of definitions of fairness for algorithmic decision-making. And it's super hard to narrow down to a specific definition that will work for all the use cases. On a high level, um, the fairness definitions can be divided into individual and group fairness notions, where, as the name suggests, group fairness ensures that fair treatment of similar subjects within the different groups um, based on certain protected attributes such as race or gender, etc. While individual fairness assesses whether individuals are treated fairly by ensuring that similar subjects receive a similar decision outcome. Um, as I mentioned before, that recommended systems is a multi-stakeholder multi environment. Therefore, the fairness, to ensure fairness in recommended system should also be a multi-sided concept that considers the, the needs of all the stakeholders. As I said before, the definition of fairness, again, 
um, can vary depending on multiple factors and must be de determined on a case-by-case -case basis. So why do we think that we need to be fair to um, while we are actually recommending items or um, basically like allocating certain resources? Because recommendation of the items is actually a certain way of allocating limited resources. So recommendation slot positions are limited, as I said before, because um, as you go, uh, go further down the ranking, your user's attention um, drastically drops. And also the, uh, the probability of that item be recommended or be liked by the user also drops. So this means that the items should be recommended um, at the top to get the exposure opportunity that um, they deserve. This is the reason why it is needed that uh, the ranking of the items be fair so that they uh, get the exposure that they deserve. The next issue is that uh, often there are an abundance of options, but only one recommended solution. For example, when uh, we look at the use case of matching drivers to different passengers to maximize their profit um, with different uh, with limited uh, passengers, or say, for example, when we have to choose a single candidate from a pool of applicants for a single position, and then the whole thing becomes really hard. And then if you can't, um, can't do it in a fair way. In that case, it might affect the life, or the you know the it it might affect the life of a particular individual who is looking for that job. So, hence, we should not um, encourage unfair practices, but we should actually look into fair practices and so that and make sure that our systems are fair. Some other consequences of unfairness in recommended systems could be attributed um, to information asymmetry or harm of allocation. As I said, that if a certain group is allocated or deprived of certain opportunities by a certain system, um, despite it being a deserving candidate, for example, in the case of a job opportunity, um, which can change someone's life, um, this is very important that the whole system takes into consideration the ranking in a very fair way. Another aspect is known as the Matthew effect or the harm of representation. Um, this is a very common thing. Um, actually, when you search on Google for images of a nurse, most of the results um, show images of women. This is something first I read about it in, um, on the internet, and then I did a search myself a few weeks ago, and I realized that nothing actually has changed. If you look for images of nurses on the web, then you will find that majority of the images are of women. And this actually reinforces the subordination of certain groups along the lines of identity, such as gender, race, et cetera, and also promotes stereotyping that, okay, so whenever we are talking about nurse, it's always a woman. Even um, I think I came across it recently that um, 
LLMs, uh, such as ChatGPT, um, they have, since they have been trained on massive amounts of data, they are also biased in certain ways. And uh, if you talk about nurses, they often refer to it as a woman. So, yeah. The third one is um, stereotyping, obviously. So the formation of echo chambers or stereotyping where we associate a certain type of behavior with a certain group of people and then trying to treat them very differently from the way that they deserve. This actually makes people feel like the, the whole world feels like the way they do. So they are basically in their own bubbles and then it prevents them from exploring new ideas, opinions and other, um, other ideas. So yeah, we talked a lot about what are the bad influences of unfairness, so how it can affect the recommended systems and also our lives. But this brings us to the next part, how do we actually mitigate this? So there could be some high-level strategies in recommended systems which can be used to mitigate uh, unfairness and also the biases uh, that exist in uh, the systems. One of them could be the algorithmic strategies. So we are all computer scientists, so we use different algorithms to train our models. And one way would be to uh, use such algorithms so that the bias is reduced. Um, algorithmic strategies include like pre-processing, which includes uh, transforming the data um, to eliminate the uh, underlying discriminations. Um, then it can also be like in-processing where we uh, try to modify the learning algorithms during the training period to prevent discriminations. So the last but not the least, it can also be post-processing strategies where we perform post-training evaluation on a holdout set not that, is, that has not been used in the model training process. Another um, interesting way of bias mitigation um, could also be the use of explanation. A lot of the different platforms actually use this process, for example, um, we are very familiar with statements such as this digital camera is a must buy for you because you probably bought so and so or something like that, right? And these explanations help you understand why an item was recommended to you by the algorithm. So they help you in decoding the black box of this whole recommended system algorithm. The advantage of using such explanations is obviously transparency. So you know that something is not recommended to you out of the blue, but there is a certain reason why the thing was recommended to you. It also helps to make the system a lot more trustworthy and it can be used by the system for persuasiveness. So to trying to persuade the user to buy certain item or behave in a way that the system actually wants the user to behave. And last but not the least, it also helps the user to make an effective decision. So uh, it aids in this effective decision-making process. 
The third category of uh, trying to mitigate biases is the more generic things that you should do while you are training your models or like, you know, working in this area. Um, these are some of the generic best practices that you can possibly undertake. For example, um, when you are starting off, um, it's best to check for data set imbalances if there exists something and then to immediately mitigate that or try to mitigate that so that um, it does not influence your results afterwards. Um, the other one would be to ensure that the model treats all the groups uh, fairly. Um, you should try to understand the model behavior and try to monitor the prediction and see whether the model is uh, behaving in a way you expect it to behave or it has some sort of a, uh, some sort of an unexpected behavior. Uh, and from time to time, if it's necessary, then please uh, retrain your model on uh, new data or updated data. So as we conclude this journey into recommended systems and this very crucial topic of fairness and biases, I hope that you have gained some valuable insights and a better understanding of these algorithms and their ethical challenges. Um, just a quick recap, today we explored the foundations of recommended systems, followed by the stakeholders that are involved in the whole process, as well as some of the complexities that are faced in achieving the idealistic goals in the real world of recommended systems. We also delved into the pressing issues of biases and the extreme importance of ensuring fairness in these systems to create a more uh, fair and equitable digital space for everyone. So yeah, and uh, remember that the impact of these recommendation algorithms, um, they extend far beyond the mere suggestions. They influence the, our choices and preferences and even shape our worldview. Therefore, um, it is very important for us to uh, ensure that these algorithms are fair and they are treating each of the stakeholders that are involved in this whole process in a, in a manner that they deserve to be treated. So with this, I come to the very end of my talk. Um, I have compiled all the resources that I have used for this podcast under uh, bit.ly, fair-rs. Um, they are also available in the description um, in case you are interested for a more detailed read. I hope you found this talk informative and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate, and comment